So, one of the videos that YouTube has recommended to me um, as of late was a video, a review actually, that Doug Walker as Nostalgia Critic did about four to three years ago. And that was on the Sonic OVA. It also recommended me, because it basically coincides with it, to the first viewing that Doug and his brother Rob did of the Sonic OVA. And it got me thinking, you know, when we look back at that Sonic OVA, it is kind of a unique little gem, if you will, uh, when it comes to Sonic the Hedgehog. It really is. I mean, one, you know, a lot of us here in the U.S. didn't even know it existed until about three years after its original release in Japan. Because, basically, in Japan, it was released in 1996. Here in the U.S., it was released on home video, thanks to ADV Films, in 1999. I don't know if the VHS came first, or, or both the VHS and the DVD came at the same time, or the DVD came later. All we know is that we basically got our first taste of it in 1999. And the reason it was released in 1999, obviously by ADV Films, well, ADV Films basically got the uh, license to distribute it here in the U.S., was basically for Sega to have, you know, some kind of Western promotional uh, material for the Sonic Adventure. I mean, let's be honest, even if they don't straight out say that's the reason, we all know it is. We all know that that's the exact reason why, you know, the Sonic OVA saw an American release. But, when we look at the Sonic OVA, though, as a whole, like I said, it's some kind of, like, underrated, you know, kind of unique little gem in the Sonic franchise of animation. I mean, when you kind of look at the English uh, translation, or at least, I guess, the English version of it, it tries to combine a lot of elements from, well, the Western side of Sonic animation. I mean... We get Robotropolis in there, or Robotropolis, or whatever they want to call it. You know, we get that in there, thanks to, um, basically, we could assume Sonic Saturday AM and the Archie comics, as well as even Sonic Underground, because it came around, oh, it was being developed around this time, or released around this time. But more importantly, we could probably thank Sa Sonic Saturday AM and the comics as well, the Archie comics, for basically giving... Um, ADV Films and Sega, you know, uh, you know, some kind of material to work with, you know, when it came to dubbing this film. Now, what's now what's unique about this film though is it has characters in here besides you know the ones we know about that being Sonic, Metal Sonic, you know, Knuckles, Tails, Robotnik, you know, it's got characters you know outside of them that kind of have never really been seen you know since then. I mean, true, they've been carried on through fan fiction stories like crossover, multi-universe crossovers. Uh, they've been carried on through fan works, adult fan works, to be honest, when it comes to a certain character. You know, they've been carried on in some ways and maybe even, you know, had uh, the people that worked on, let's say, Sonic 06 draw inspiration from, the, um, from this anime as well. You know, for a certain uh, human character, if you kind of uh, kind of get what I'm getting at. But you know, when it comes to the Sonic OVA, it's it's definitely something that you know has its moment in history. Because even though we have had not one but two Sonic live-action films 
successful films, that, you know, at that, everybody would still look at this somewhat as basically the original Sonic movie. This is what it's basically, well, basically that's what it was dubbed. It was dubbed Sonic the Hedgehog the movie, although originally it was just a two-part OVA that got shown theatrically in, you know, in theaters in Japan, as well as got, you know, shown uh, in two parts on television later on, and I think even released as such, you know, on VHS and DVD over in Japan, in Japan uh, when it got that physical release. But, you know, obviously a lot of fans, you know, kind of are still mixed about it even to this day. But why? Why are they mixed about it? Well, again, I think it's because it incorporated some, you know, not just, you know, the characters we know we knew it would incorporate at that time, but also incorporate characters that basically, you're like, well, what purpose did they serve? Because at this time, believe it or not, you actually had a female protagonist you could have added outside of the Sarah character. You had Amy Rose, or Rosie the Rascal, as she was originally known. You had her. And having her part of the uh, equation should have been an obvious given for them to incorporate the character into, um, you know, into the OVA. But here's the thing, though. Amy Rose came in 1993. We don't know how long the OVA itself, you know, as a whole, was in development from story to animation. So we, we don't know. You know, we, we don't know how long it was, you know, in, you know, development or in production or pre-production. We, we don't know. But, you know, as far as, as far as we could probably be concerned, Amy came in just a bit too late to be added in. But, you know, you might say, well, she could have been added in. I mean, if they knew they were bringing her in, why didn't they just incorporate her, you know, from the start, like if they knew she was going to be part of the video game franchise, why not just incorporate that, you know, right off the start? And I will give you that point. I will give you that point that, yeah, they could have done that. I mean, there's been a lot of movies and shows and everything that have introduced characters into the limelight that basically, well, let's be honest, didn't really, you know, have that much of a lifespan before they made their debut, you know, in a, you know, in a, outside, um, the original source materials, uh, place, you know, they didn't really, you know, have much, you know, I, I guess you could say lore given to them until they got into this more expanded universe, uh, that they became part of, that they became known for, um, so yeah, you know, I, I can get your argument there because, like I said, others have done that. Others have indeed done that. And you could look through the history of movies and shows and all that, comics, with certain characters that basically just, you know, debuted not that long ago, were already incorporated. And you find out that the reason being is because pretty much the people that were licensing their uh, product you know, to be, you know, turned into a comic, turned into a movie, turned into a cartoon, you know, you find out, basically, um, that they already, you know, let those that were doing, you know, you know, such a deal, 
know what was going on. They kind of let them in on the fact that, yeah, this character's going to be uh, coming in soon as part of, you know, such and such, you know, new version or new continuation of the franchise. What We want you to incorporate them. And, like I said, you can make the argument that they could have done the same with Amy Rose, but they didn't. Instead, we ended up getting Sarah. Now, I could assume what Sarah was, in my opinion, in my opinion, wasn't just maybe a stand-in for what Amy, for maybe the fact that that was supposed to be Amy, but I think Sarah was basically a stand-in for one of the ideas originally that they had for Sonic. Because remember, they didn't shy away from saying, hey, they wanted to give Sonic a girlfriend, so why not give him a girlfriend in Sarah? Because remember, one of the original ideas for a girlfriend was a human character named Madonna. And then they changed the name of the Madonna character, kept a human, to, well, the one we know of his primary love interest, you know, in other Sonic media, that being Sally. And then, of course, Sally became who she is. So, you know, I, so one could probably assume that basically, you know, Sarah was kind of that, you know, that stand-in for what they originally wanted to do if they wanted to basically give Sonic a love interest and yeah i'm assuming that's why she was brought in she was basically brought in to be basically their answer to madonna the answer to well we we can't utilize sally because you know hey even though we have time and we can animate her in you know what sense would it make if we you know gave the gay fans this character of sally over the one they know because if there's one thing we can respect there's one thing we can understand and respect is that there are dubbing companies that realize, oh, well, not just dubbing companies, but the anime companies over in Japan and other countries, that when they do their own version of a character, you know, uh, basically, if they attempt to, let's say, you know, do their version of, let's say, a Sally or a, or a Bunny or whatever, you know, they could make them similar to what we know them as, or they can make them completely different. I mean, Fleetway is known to have done that with Sally, let's be honest. You know, there's no doubt about that. So, you know, there could have been a variety of reasons. Maybe, like I said, maybe they could have done it, but they realized, well, if we do it, we're going to have to make her like this, and that's not how people know her. Because you can't tell me that in Japan, they didn't know about Sadie M, because they did, and they probably realize, well, if we do this with her, it's going to make, them look, make her be completely different, especially if it gets brought over to the U.S., which it was. And, again, I think that's another reason why Sarah was, you know, put into the role that she was. Now, when it comes to, you know, everything else about it, you know, I look at the fact that this was done originally in 1996, and in 1996, they, Sega, that is, were trying to keep themselves um, in, in basically on par, if you will, on track with the likes of Nintendo and, and everything by bringing out a new console. Now, they had originally done, of course, a Frankenstein job, if you will, as a lot of people put it, of uh, basically not you know making a new console but makes basically making add-ons add-ons like the sega cd the 32x basically try basically to not only maybe save money but to show that you know you could have the sega genesis for as long as you want the sega mega drive for as long as you want 
and you know, despite what other companies will do, and you know, it'll be worth every penny you've made or you've you paid for it. That was the original idea, in my opinion, that Sega was so you know stuck in their ways at times that they wanted to prove that their Mega Drive, their Genesis didn't really have to go through any kind of change. They didn't have to incorporate any new console, you know, to compete with the likes of Nintendo, to compete eventually with the likes of, you know, Sony, to compete with the likes of Atari, even though they were trying. They basically, the thing was with the Genesis, what, with the Genesis is it's a one and done, and all you have to do is just add, add on these uh, little attachments that we're going to uh, basically be bringing out for you to add on. And that's what happened. And unfortunately, when the failure of these products, let's be honest, not, they didn't really succeed as Sega wanted them to, when the failure of these products happened, Sega was basically left with no choice to, you know, admit defeat. They had no choice about that. They had no choice but to admit defeat and realize uh, that the best thing to do, uh, the best thing to do, hold on for a sec, well, I uh, do something. Well, first, sorry, I had to put, I had to connect my charger. My battery's getting low. But anyway, like I said, Sega was too prideful to admit that they needed to move on, and it wouldn't be till basically the failure of both the 32X and the CD that they realized they had to do it, and thus came the Sega Saturn. Now, originally they were supposed to do the Jupiter, but they basically said, "Net, skip that. We'll go into the Saturn." And that's what they did. And that came out around the same time this movie was being released in Japan. And my assumption, and I think everybody knows this by default, just by, you know, ironicness, if you will, that, you know, the Sonic OVA was made to basically promote the Sonic C, the Sonic, not the Sonic, but the Sega Saturn. That it, that's what it was. It was meant to promote the Sega Saturn, because one of the games released for the Saturn was Sonic 3D Blast. Even though this movie feels more like a loose adaption of Sonic CD. Again, the only omittance is the fact that we had Sarah instead of Amy Rose, and there was no Death Egg. But, you know, who's to say? Who's to say? And then, of course, you had Knuckles you know, portrayed the way he was. And you got to remember, this was done at a time where Knuckles basically did befriend or at least consider Sonic an ally in the games and someone in the comics and other media. But you know, a true best friend friendship wasn't really there. You know, the people here decided, hey, we're going to change that up. Not only we're going to give him some kind of like Australian hat to make him like a treasure hunter instead of being the guardian of the Master Emerald, you know, they, decide, they basically decided to make him a completely different character. You know, that's it. And a lot of people have always questioned, well, didn't they read the source material? I, I, I don't get that. That doesn't make sense. And it doesn't. It doesn't. But apparently it did lay the groundwork for that style of Knuckles to be, you know, an inspiration for future versions of the character like Mobius years later. The one thing, though, I can't say is I got to get ready to go in and clock in for work, guys, as I wrap this up. The one thing I can say, though, in conclusion is the Sonic OVA, you know, it's going to, it's basically like, 
I guess you could look at it as sort of, how do I put this? Sort of like the oddity in, in the, you know, in the family of sonic media, multimedia. It is somewhat of an oddity. But it's a unique oddity that basically, looking back on it, is quite the gem, you know, to kind of sit back and watch and enjoy. And if you watch it now with, let's say, these 4K and 8K televisions, and you use your HDR uh, picture mode settings, then the, obviously you're going to not only get a good picture in 4K at SDR 60 frames per second, like I do, because I have the, the movie on DVD thanks to, um, you know, thanks to Frank Hill, it's Frank. Not only are you going to get a good, crisp 4K 60 frame per hour SDR picture, but it's going to look fresh, new, and clean. And that's what a lot of people want in their products, let's be honest. That's what a lot of people want in the, well, not just the products, but in the, you know, movies and stuff. Especially if they're movies and shows and everything from the past. But, again, in closing, I have to say that it is an oddity of uniqueness. It is an oddity of uniqueness that, you know, can never really be, you know, I guess you could say... Uh, revisit it again because I think what this I think because of the fact that this movie was done at a time like I said when they were when Sega was trying to promote the new Sonic game for the Saturn as well as for the Genesis and all that but they were also kind of in a state of flux to where they knew they had to come up with a new a new story for Sonic something that was going to basically put him back on the map as the number one video game mascot outside of Mario. And so I think what this was a result of was not just a way to promote the Saturn, but also a way to kind of buy time as they were getting ready to take Sonic to that next level with Sonic Adventure. But that's all I'm going to really say, guys. i got to get in right now, use the restroom, and then clock in for work. Let me know what your thoughts are on the Sonic OVA movie. How did you look at it when you... How do you look at it now... You know, basically almost, I guess you could say 20, 23 years later since it's released here in the U.S. How do you look at it? You know, how did you first, how do you look back on it now? What's your impressions of it now compared to when you first saw it? Let me know down below. Comment if you like. Again, guys, I got to get into work. And until then, I will talk to you all later. And you will get a podcast version of this as well.